The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend, and more specifically, I know. I don't say I hope, because I know that our fellow Alphas, lieutenants in the Alpha Army, you properly observed Memorial Day. You gave it the proper respect. I thought President Trump was outstanding in his remarks at Arlington National Cemetery. Further, his impromptu visit to the section dedicated towards the fallen brave in Afghanistan and Iraq, speaking with families, having one-on-one interaction. Don't remember Barack Obama doing that. But President Trump and Vice President Pence, outstanding, human, genuine, very proud of what they had to say and their actions as we sell correction, we observe Memorial Day weekend appropriately. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the Alpha, make America great again, hang Kathy Griffin by the nuts. Outrageous behavior she exhibited in no way, shape, or form was that funny. She got what she deserved, end of discussion. If you care to communicate with us, as always, there are several ways that you can keep in touch. First of all, go to CigarDave.com. That is the best place to find out what is late-breaking, what is new, what is exciting to catch all the archives of the Cigar Dave Show. And on the upper right corner, you will find ways to follow us on social media. Twitter, our handle is at Cigar Dave Show. That is my number one medium that I use. However, we are using Facebook as well. Facebook uh, handle is Cigar Dave. Instagram, Cigar Dave. YouTube, I believe is Cigar Dave. Sergeant Steve, Cigar Dave, correct? Or is it Cigar Dave Show? Cigar Dave, beautiful. So, as always, follow us 24-7, 365. I want to spend a few moments talking about President Donald J. Trump's first foreign visit, first visit overseas. I thought the trip was a big success. It was very good in the Middle East. And I especially thought his performance was excellent amongst his NATO peers. Now, of course, the lib media will jump up and down. Why? Because President Trump exuded his alphaness. He was not afraid to be an alpha, to show his raging testosterone raging throughout his commander-in-chief veins. Of course, many people on the left, many people in the media had a big problem 
It all began with the handshake with new French President Emmanuel Macron. Manny Macron, M2, as we will call him. Manny Macron had a big, firm grip handshake. Now, as an alpha, when I deliver a handshake, it is strong, it is firm. I let the other party know that I'm exuding my alphaness. There is nothing worse than when you see a wussified beta with a cold, clammy, weak hand where you go to shake his hand and it's like shaking a limp rag. It is pathetic. You go to properly shake their hand, as I was taught from a very young age, and they just hand you this like little little light in the loafer type of type of handshake. And that tells me all I need to know about them. In business, it tells me that I am going to negotiate the living daylights out of them. I'm going to intimidate them, not on purpose, but merely because I am an alpha male. So Manuel Macron wanted to show that he was alpha. He was a big Frenchman. Ah, oui, oui. I want to show the world that I am a big Frenchman. I'm not the typical Frenchman that waves the white flag and surrenders like all of my French forefathers and brethren. You can try to shake President Trump's hand. You can try to white-knuckle him. It's not going to work. The handshake between the new French President Macron and President Trump went viral. Now, Trump is known for giving very firm, forceful, powerful handshakes. He's an alpha. That's exactly how you should shake someone's hand. But Macron apparently was ready, and he admitted to French media that he was ready for it, that his squeezing hard of President Trump's hand was by design, and that the handshake was so forceful and so firm, such force, that photos show both men were white-knuckled during the handshake during the photo op. And Macron said that was very much on purpose. My handshake with him was not innocent. One must show that you won't make small concessions, even symbolic ones. But do not overmediate either. France is all about concessions. All you need to do is look at French history. In World War II, France didn't just concede, they rolled over. The Vichy government rolled over for the Nazis. They let the Krauts walk right in. They gave them France. Ah, welcome to France. We, oui, yes. Here, have some of our wine, have some of our cheese. Here, have our French women, yes. The women that uh, do not shave, that have the uh, hairy armpits and the hairy legs, yes. They rolled over. That's their history. That's what they know what to do. So I got a kick out of Macron trying to show off that he is, a, he is an alpha. Look at this guy. Okay, he is not an alpha in any way, shape, or form. I don't care how strong his handshake. He does not look the part. He also went on to say that his handshake was a marker to signal a willingness to show that there is equality between peers. Macron said, I do not believe in diplomacy of public invective, but in my bilateral dialogues, I leave nothing to pass. This is how we are respected. Hey, Manny Macron, President Macron, here's a little newsflash, buddy boy. France is not respected. Come on. That's funny. That's a good line. We are respected. No, you are respected when you will go and win a war. You will be respected when you actually don't surrender, when all your cars don't have one method of of, uh, direction, and that is reverse or retreat. If it weren't for the Americans, Manny Macron, 
you would be speaking Deutsche, guaranteed. Any way you look at it, and I always get a kick out of people saying, well, no, wait, but, but, but de Gaulle and the French army, they went and retook Paris. Oh, no. General George S. Patton and his army moved through France, recaptured France, and wanted to march all the way into Paris, but was stopped by Eisenhower and by Truman because they wanted the French, they wanted de Gaulle to be able to march in. So de Gaulle and his wussified troops marched in, all the accolades, while Trump had to sit there, or correction, while, while Patton had to sit and stew because they did all the heavy lifting, but typical France. So Macron can do all he wants to say that he's a big man, that he was on purpose. He, he shook, shook Donald Trump's hand very firmly. Please. Macron, you don't look the part. You don't act the part. By the way, for a guy like you to have a hag wife that you do, the wife looks old. I got to tell you, she looks like she's 66. She looks like she's a grandmother of seven. She looks it. Now's about the time, Manny Macron. You're president. Move on up. Get a younger model. You should be with a nice 25, 30-year-old. Time to step up. Move on up to a deluxe hottie to the east side. Now, another aspect of the trip where President Trump was criticized was at the NATO meeting. Two, two type, two, two portions of the of the meeting in NATO. First, when he went to take a public picture, all the NATO members, the leaders of the 27 NATO member countries, 28 uh, countries, plus uh, uh, including the United States, had a photo op at the new Brussels, Belgium headquarters. Now, as Trump made his way through to the group, to the front, he had to kind of move aside Montenegro Prime Minister Dusko Markovic, because he was standing in the way. Now, all of the leaders had assigned positions. So it's not like Trump said, oh, I'm going to muscle my way to make sure I'm in the front row. No, the American president, who, by the way, the, Amer the United States of America does provide the largest share of the budget of NATO, so we should be front and center. He had to put his hand on Markovich's upper arm, his back, and kind of did a little shove. That was an alpha move. He kind of moved him out of the way. And, of course, the media went crazy. He shoved him out of the way. He's such a little man. Please. Please. Even Prime Minister Markovic said it was not a big deal. He just pushed me aside to move through him to get to the assigned position. Not a big deal. But, of course, the media had to make it a big deal. Furthermore, when President Trump was speaking, he gave it to the NATO members. Because for years and years, in fact, decades, American presidents and secretaries of state have told the fellow NATO countries they have to live up to their obligation to spend at least 2% of their GDP, gross domestic product, on military defense spending. Now, there are four countries, I believe, including Poland, the United States. There's a, I can't remember what the other two countries are. But, oh, Greece is one of them, and I can't remember the third or the fourth, they're spending their minimum 2%. Now, this isn't something we're forcing these NATO countries. When they joined NATO by treaty, they agreed 50 years ago, 60 years ago, whatever it was, to spend 2%. So this isn't something the United States picked out of the air. We spend 3.2%. We live up to our obligation. And we've never had an alpha male president or secretary of state that got in the faces of our fellow NATO countries, fellow NATO allies, and said, it's time to pony up. 
It is time for you to break out your wallet and start paying. And I use the analogy, imagine, fellow alphas, if you were going out to lunch or dinner, and you had 10 people, and you all said, look, we are each going to contribute to this dinner for the dinner, for the cigars, for the spirits. We're each going to contribute $50 per head. That'll include dinner, tip, cigars, libations, everything. 10 people, $500, $50 a person. Now imagine if three people said, look, we're only going to put in 25 bucks. And then you had maybe another person saying, hey, I'm only going to put in 18 bucks. And then you had another person saying, I'm going to put in 19 and so on and so forth. And then you had one person, instead of 50 bucks, had to cover for everyone else and pony up $170. Now using that analogy, I ask you, Alphas, is that fair? No. That's a very basic analogy, but it is a simple analogy, and it's an analogy that holds true for NATO. We are paying more than our fair share. Greece is. Poland is. Can't remember the fourth country, but they're paying their fair share per treaty agreement. Germany, France, Belgium, Norway, other countries are not poning up their fair share. So, President Trump, in his speech, publicly in front of his NATO members, stated, NATO members must finally contribute their fair share and meet their financial obligations. 23 of the 28 member nations are still not paying what they should be paying and what they are supposed to be paying. This is not fair to the people and taxpayers of the United States, and many of these nations owe massive amounts of money for past years. He is right. And, of course, the media doesn't like that. Why? Because he exuded alphaness. Because he spoke truth. Because enough is enough. After quiet diplomacy, sooner or later, you got to be a bull in the China shop and you got to rattle the China, even if you break it. And that's exactly what Donald Trump did. Bravo to him. I am proud we have an alpha male as commander-in-chief and president of the United States. Now, Couple of things. First of all, yesterday at noon, we officially opened up ticket sales to the general public to the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water Saturday, August 12th, Buffalo, New York, Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Presented by Gurkha Cigars, we'll be launching five, or you will be receiving six, five or six. I think we're promising five, maybe we'll do six Gurkha cigars, including at least three of their brand new cigars they are going to be launching at the Cigar Retailers Convention mid-July in Las Vegas. It's going to be a great day. It includes everything soup to nuts from your alpha male buffet, drink tickets for beer, wine, and distilled spirits, unlimited water and soda, craft beer samplings from Hamburg Brewing, distilled spirit samplings. We've got a nice uh, special commemorative gift bag you're going to get Everything is included, $165 plus ticket service fee. I will tell you that between the advanced ticket sales just to people that have attended in the last two years, we're at about a 50% sellout. So half the tickets remain. When they're gone, they're gone. And every year, I always get people calling, emailing, begging, please, General, can I get tickets? Tickets are limited. Cigars are limited. Everything must be done in advance. If you don't get your tickets in advance, I cannot promise it. When they are gone, they're gone. We're half sold out. We'll probably be selling out. I will. I would say by mid-July, we will be sold out. Get your tickets. Go to CigarDave.com right now. Second hour, 
We'll be joined by Jeff Borshowitz as I go to their Florida sun-grown farm in Claremont, Florida. I had a chance to go earlier this week, spend a, a day with Jeff, and we will spend an hour talking about the special Florida sun-grown tobacco that he is growing. The first time cigar tobacco has been grown in Florida in about 50-plus years. So we will talk with Jeff in the next hour. Great show. More coming front and center. I am America's Correction. I'm the global alpha male, your five-star general, and I am just getting warmed up. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. The name is Bond, James Bond. And one of the Bonds passed away earlier this week, Roger Moore, Sir Roger Moore, who was the second Bond, second actor to portray James Bond after the great Sean Connery. Sean Connery, the original. I'm Sean Connery for Shitty Bank. Well, Roger Moore, I thought, 
was he was very different than Sean Connery. All of them were different. Pierce Brosnan, the current James Bond, Daniel Craig, can't stand him. Not my cup of tea. Eh, too beta for me. Not alpha enough. Not the kind of guy that you see smoking cigarettes. It just doesn't look the part like Sean Connery or Pierce Brosnan or even Roger Moore. A lot of people didn't like Roger Moore because he followed the original, and that's a tough act to follow. But I actually liked Roger Moore. I thought he added a unique perspective to the Bond character. Earlier this week, passed away at the age of 89. Did not realize he was, uh, he was 89, but he lived a long life. He starred in seven James Bond films over a 12-year period, including Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, and A View to a Kill. Actually, my one of my favorite Bond uh, movies was uh, with Sean Connery, Pussy Galore. Hello, Pussy. Pussy Galore. Outstanding Bond movie. But from 1973 to 1985, Roger Moore portrayed James Bond. So rest in peace, James Bo- uh, uh, Roger Moore. He, was, he played Bond very calmly, very suave, uh, could get out of any situation with ease. Different than sh- the original Sean Connery, different than Pierce Brosnan. But I, uh, I actually like Roger Moore. I thought he did a pretty good job. Different than Sean Connery. Look, Sean Connery was the original, still the best. All right, let me tell you about a story here. This is unreal. Down from Australia, Aussie land, our alphas down in Australia. Big, big uh, listening contingency down there. Actually, I'm going to hold this story after litation. We've got a very big contingency of alphas and lieutenants down in Australia. They forward me a story that male university students at the University of Melbourne have been told to act more like women. Unacceptable. We will get to that after the National Cigar Litation Libation Ceremony. If you are not a member of my Officers Club, you need to be, because in June, the Officers Club selection comes from the world of Fonseca and Casada cigars, a Fonseca Nicaragua, a Casada Keg, and the Casada Reserva Provado Oscuro. Three fantastic cigars. Our June 2015 selection. If you're not a member, go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join right now. The 2017 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th at Buffalo Riverworks. It's a day full of alpha male pleasure, including five premium Gurkha cigars, luscious cocktails, craft beers from Hamburg Brewery, coffee from Goodrich Coffee, and a buffet fit for the alpha male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I had the opportunity this week to travel to Claremont, Florida, just about an hour and 20 minutes from the Cigar City of Tampa, and visit Jeff Borshowitz and the Florida Sun grown tobacco farm that he began five years ago cultivating FSG tobacco, Florida sun-grown tobacco. Really is a labor of love for Jeff, as you will hear in the second hour, because it's a lot of work, as I witnessed. It is uh, requires a ton of capital, and it's not exactly the best place to get a return on your capital. But Jeff has been very successful, a number of cigars using his FSG tobacco, including the Drew Estate FSG, the Davidoff Corona 20th Anniversary FSG Cigar, the Intensa Blend that he sells, the Corona Nicaraguan 20th Anniversary FSG, and now the new Davidoff Exclusive Limited Edition cigar for the Davidoff of Geneva Tampa Cigar Lounge that I frequent on a regular basis. Now, when they opened two years ago, was it a year ago? Actually, it was about a year and a half ago now. Time flies. Davidoff created a special Tampa edition Davidoff, only available at the Davidoff of Geneva store and, of course, Corona Cigars, which Jeff owns as well, three locations in Orlando. Mild, medium-bodied cigar with a Connecticut Shade wrapper. Number one selling cigar at the Davidoff Lounge. And they've added some additions to that, and they've just recently added the new exclusive limited edition Tampa, Florida Sun Grown, the Tampa FSG. One size, a Bellicoso, six inches in length with a 52 ring gauge. Bellicoso, very nice shaped cigar. Now, the wrapper on this is a beautiful dark. I, I also, actually thought it was a Mexican San Andrean Moron, but it's not. It's a Habana 2000 Ecuadorian wrapper. Nice, dark, very oily, very rich. The binder is Habano from Jalapa, Nicaragua. And the filler 
uses Florida sun-grown tobacco grown on Jeff Borshowitz's farm in central Florida, Nicaraguan tobacco, and Dominican filler tobacco. It was a combination blending uh, joint endeavor between Jeff and Davidoff master blender Eladio Diaz in Republica Dominicana. Each box features the Tampa skyline along with the Florida sun-grown logo, the FSG logo. Now, the FSG tobacco has a very nice, rich, spicy flavor, very complex. When you combine it with the other tobaccos, you get a very nice flavor with exceptional palate stimulation. I found it to be a medium, medium full cigar, very smooth, a lot of body, a lot of character. Comes in a 10-count box. Not an inexpensive cigar. 25, about $25 suggested retail. I think $25 or $26. So for some, it is definitely a rare special occasion cigar. For others, they may want to splurge on a regular basis. But a very nice cigar, highly recommended, and that is what I will enjoy today. And by the way, while I was at the Florida Sun-Grown Farm with Jeff earlier this week, we smoked everything. Everything. And in fact, we even took some of the raw the tobacco that he has aging, and I just lit it and uh, just kind of burned it, rolled it up into a, uh, a makeshift cigar. Very interesting flavor complexion. A lot of spice, a lot of flavor. Again, first time in, what, 40, 50 years that cigar tobacco is being grown in Florida. Only farm in the sunshine state of Florida that currently grows any form of tobacco, and specifically cigar tobacco. So the special Davidoff-exclusive Tampa, Florida sun-grown cigar, my cigar of choice today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I've got my Cigar Dave signature lock and load. Looks like a hand grenade. Big, giant butane forced flame. That's what I would use today. I've gone old school. I've gone flint-based. I've gone to a cigar cedar strip match. Now back to the butane litation device. Cigar Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, here comes the cut. Oh, perfect cut. Outstanding. Perfect. Now I will gently toast the foot of this Davidoff exclusive Tampa, Florida sun grown. Listen to that butane flame just taking my time. No rush. No rush. Why? Why do I want to rush such a... Such an exquisite ceremony, such a pleasurable time of day when we can kick back, enjoy a fine cigar, get those first few scents of aroma on the nose. Mm. Wow, fantastic. Beautiful looking cigar, deep, rich, secondary band that says Tampa FSG. All right, that will puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Mm, great draw. Great draw. Great taste. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I'll be low on the foot of this cigar. Ah, beautiful even amber glow. Take a nice puff. Okay, one. Mm. Oh, outstanding. And I have to tell you that when I visited the Florida Sun Grown Tobacco Farm, earlier this week with Jeff and spent the day there. 
very warm in Florida this time of year. Unusually warm. It feels like mid-July, mid-August. But we were having some great cigars, having some nice libations, and really enjoying just being around the tobacco, being around the aura of just the fact that the cigars we were smoking all come from the ground, come from a basic leaf that we were surrounded by. Really is fascinating product of Mother Nature. We look at the finished product in the box and just so much elegance and beauty. And it all begins with a little seedling. It all begins with some TLC, watering and fertilizing that little seedling, watching it grow, taking the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth priming, and then letting Mother Nature ferment and age the tobacco over years. Long process that all begins with a little seed. And now I enjoy what Mother Nature and mankind has produced. And now I need something that will accompany this, also a product that Mother Nature and mankind has also jointly produced. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I am in the mood for a nice Cabernet. This cigar has got a tremendous amount of taste of flavor. I cannot have a mild-bodied libation. A Chardonnay wouldn't work, and I'm in the mood for some wine. I don't know why. I just am. After so many distilled libations, I am ready for some wine. About four years ago, I took a great trip to Napa. Spent about uh, just under a week in Napa, toured some great vineyards, some very exclusive vineyards, and I had the opportunity to visit Gurgich Wine Estates. Gurgich, a very unique vineyard, very unique winery. It was founded by Mike Gurgich, a Croatian-American who was born in a winemaking family on the Croatian coastal region of Dalmatia. He is now a young 94 years of age. And Gurgich, Mike Gurgich, really, or Milenko, his real name, known as Mike Gurgich, really put California wines on the map. An interesting story. Not only did Mike Gurgich in California gain international recognition at the celebrated Paris tasting of 1976, but it was a very historic blind tasting. A panel of eminent French judges. You know, France, they know, we, we, we know our wine, yes? We know the wine. We know how to retreat, and we know our wine, yes? We, oui, we. Oui. The French judges sniffed and swirled and sipped an array of some big, fabled uh, white wines of France and a small sampling of some Chardonnays from the Napa Valley region of California. Wine test. Everybody thought the French wines were going to just demolish the California wines. After all, France was the king of the hill. French wines were the gold standard in the world at the time. Well, imagine their surprise when the scores were tallied and the judges looked around and the people in attendance were absolutely shocked. Did they choose a French Chardonnay as their number one wine? No. They had chosen the Gurgich 1973 Chateau Montalena Chardonnay as the finest white wine in the world. The international wine establishment was stunned. And from that moment forward, 
Mike Gurgich was on the map. Napa Valley was on the map. And I will take Napa Valley wines over any wine and compare them with French wines, Chilean wines, Australian wines, any other wine. They have left their mark. They are outstanding. They're known for their Chardonnays. But when I was visiting, I had a chance to sample many of their Cabernets. I, I settled on their 2009 Gurgich Hills Estate Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. Just under 15% alcohol by volume. It is in oak 21 months, age 21 months in French oak. It is a blend of 94% Cabernet from their Yountville Vineyard in the Napa Valley, 5% Petit Verdot, and 1% Cabernet Franc. Suggested retail is in the $95 to $105 range packed with just rich aromas, rich tastes. Now, $95, you look and say, hey, that's kind of pricey. Yes, it is. But I don't open the entire bottle because there is a device that I have purchased called the Coravan. Coravan injects a small needle and some argon gas into the bottle. It allows you to extract the wine, injects the argon gas, which is a natural gas present while wine is aging, and it keeps the wine from turning. You don't open the cork. It's a magnificent way to just, when you're in the mood, to have a glass of very expensive, very old wine. It's a wonderful way to do it. I think the whole system cost me $200, $250, maybe less. I've seen them on TV now advertised with these little argon capsules. They are the bomb. It works fantastically, and that's what I will enjoy. So I don't even have to open the bottle. What I have done now is gently, I am taking my Coravan, and I can't even hear it because I'm gently just, it's coming out, and I'm pouring just about a half a glass of the Gurgich Hills Estate 2009 Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. Whoops, hit the bottle of my glass. Did not want to do that. I will swirl it around. I will volatize the esters. I will let the... Wine breathe. Oh, the aromas on this. Woo! Some licorice, some cherry, a little coffee. Wow. I will say cheers. Mmm. No, oh, wow. Mmm. This goes great with steaks. Goes great to me with a Cajun fish. Any sort of meats, lamb, chicken, fantastic. Goes great with my Davidoff Tampa, Florida Sun Grown. Take another sip. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Outstanding. I say cheers to all of you and cheers to Mike Gergich. 94, many more years of making great wine. I have to tell you, they were so kind and cordial during my visit, sampling everything. Great place to go, right next to the train tracks in uh, Yountville. Great place to visit great wines not overly expensive but they're chardonnay telling you something i need to go buy more because i bought a couple of cases and cigar mothers cigar sister everybody that's had it loves it it is fantastic not overly expensive either but the good stuff you can really only buy online by being a member you can find some of it in the stores but not the stuff you get in their club all right my cigar is now lit i'm enjoying my fantastic libation and let me do this when we come back I'll tell you about the male university students being told uh, to be more like women. And we will talk about a couple of other important dates. D-Day is coming up. 
next week. Very important date and also a significant date about Dean Martin. That, as we wrap up this hour right around the corner. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Quesada sampler, including the Quesada Reserva Privada Oscuro. This cigar uses tobaccos as old as 18 years and was aged for a full year before it was packed and shipped. Look for the Cigar Dave Officers Club Quesada sampler in your mailbox this month. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. One of the highlights of the year is when I'm able to take the Cigar Dave show on the road. And I'm pleased to announce that the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in the Buffalo, New York Theater of Operations will occur Saturday, August 12th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. We had a fantastic event last year. Off the charts, going to be bigger and better. We will have an alpha male feast. We will have incredible samplings of gourmet coffee from Goodrich Roasters in Buffalo. We'll also have Hamburg Brewing featuring five of their different craft brews. We'll have incredible spirits that we'll be sampling. You will get magnificent cigars, six magnificent Gurkha cigars, five new brands being launched. It is going to be a great day. Tickets will go on sale beginning early June. Mark it down for now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water presented by Gurkha Cigars Saturday, August 12th, Buffalo Riverworks, Buffalo, New York. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. You're nobody till somebody loves you. You're nobody till somebody cares. The great Dean Martin and why are we playing Dean coming back from our break? Because Dean Martin's birthday coming up next Wednesday, June 7th. He would have been one hundred years of age, celebrating his century birthday mark. The great Dean Martin, part of the Rat Pack with Sammy Davis Jr. Hey, baby, I mean that. And Francis Albert Sinatra, the chairman of the board. We remember them finally. Great alpha males indeed. Now, next Tuesday is a very big date that we commemorate, that we remember. It is the 73rd anniversary the invasion of Normandy, D-Day, June 6, 1944. While most of the media will forget it, while most every high school and college student will have no idea what the day signifies, 
And while most of the little snowflake millennials who need safe spaces, that is uh, the, 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 their, their primary concern today because words are hurting them. The men who serve this nation with great distinction were getting shot at, having mortars fired at them way knee-deep in water and waves and trying to scale the cliffs of Normandy. That was their safe space back on June 6, 1944, and this is what General Dwight D. Eisenhower had to say to them prior to their launch. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers in arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. But this is the year 1944. Much has happened since the Nazi triumphs of 1940-41. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeats in open battle, man to man. Our air offensive has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home fronts have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of trained fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. General Dwight D. Eisenhower on the eve of the invasion at Normandy. We were successful. We were victorious, but many of those troops who listened to that message remain forever young on that battlefield. Now, I urge you to go to CigarDave.com. We have posted our 65th and 70th anniversary shows that we did to commemorate those D-Day anniversaries amongst the proudest shows in my almost 22 years of conducting broadcast maneuvers. Nobody in this nation, no other broadcaster or presenter has done anything close to what we did, and I'm very proud of it, and I ask that you take a listen on Tuesday, the anniversary, 73rd anniversary of D-Day. Fire up a cigar, have a libation in their honor and their memory, guarantee you will be moved. Now, Mail University students at the University of uh, Melbourne have been given workshops on male privilege after other students complained about their gaslighting when they felt they were being talked over in class. They have been told to behave more like women by curbing their overconfidence and dominating behavior, allowing other students to feel more involved in lessons and able to speak up. Now, the name of this workshop is called How Privilege Manifests Itself in Tutorials. Also asks men to reconsider the use of Australian banter so they don't exclude other students from other backgrounds. And the report also advises female students against uh, minimizing the importance of their own input by using statements like, this is probably stu stupid, but. And men should learn how to speak like women and not speak with absolute confidence when they are in fact not sure or expressing an opinion. This is a load of nonsense. 
This is a direct assault on masculinity. This is nothing more than making men to feel ashamed of being men. It is outrageous. What, I should, I should not be confident? I shouldn't be overconfident? I shouldn't be assertive? I shouldn't uh, exhibit the fact that I'm a confident, smart alpha male? Screw that. And this is what's going on around campuses throughout not only the country, the world. We will have none of it. Next hour, we go to the Florida Sun-Grown Farms with Jeff Borshowitz, right from Central Florida. Stand by. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, the cigar that I'm thoroughly enjoying, that I lit up during the National Cigar Litation Ceremony in the first hour of today's show, is the Davidoff exclusive Tampa, Florida Sun Grown, FSG. And some of the filler of this cigar, the Florida Sun Grown component, grown at the Florida Sun Grown Tobacco Farm, Claremont, Florida, Central Florida, just west of of Orlando, west-northwest of Orlando. And earlier this week, I had the opportunity to spend a day on the farm with owner-proprietor Jeff Borshowitz, who also owns Corona Cigars in Orlando and the Davidoff Cigar Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa, and really got to get into the intricacies of growing this unique tobacco. First time cigar tobacco grown in the Sunshine State, about 40, 50 years. So now we present our conversation with Jeff Borshowitz at the Florida Sun Grown Farm. Jeff, I've had the opportunity today to spend a magnificent day touring the Florida Sun Grown Cigar Tobacco Farm in uh, the central part of Florida, Claremont, just west, about 45 minutes west of Orlando, about an hour and 25 minutes east of Tampa. We're in the heart of farmland in Florida, and this is a labor of love because after touring this farm, a lot of work. For a little return. Yeah, but we're so proud to bring this tradition back. This tradition of growing cigar tobacco has been done in Florida since the early 1800s. And the uh, last tobacco crop of, of cigar tobacco was grown in 1977. So we wanted to bring it back in a special, uh, small way. But it's we feel it's an important part of Florida's history. And we know that it's been grown successfully here. The Cuban cigars tobacco was a big crop back in the 1800s. I always say that the tobacco plants that you see in the field right now, Dave, don't know whether it's 2017 or 1817. So we knew they could do it then, and we could bring it back and do it now. What prompted you, you've been very successful in the cigar retail 
business. Three great stores, Corona Cigars in Orlando. You open up the Davidoff of Geneva store and lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa, which, by the way, is like my second home. It's 30 seconds from Command Center Alpha. We tape many shows. Many thanks for the hospitality, by the we way. We appreciate that. And it's, it's always uh, a unique opportunity to come out and see a different part of uh, your operation, but what prompted you after being in the retail business, because this is totally different. You go, we went from an air-conditioned environment to much hotter, much more humid environment where we are today. What prompted you to want to become a tobacco farmer? I think you can appreciate this coming from the Cigar City of Tampa, the fact that there's, there's such a storied history of cigar tobacco and tobacco growing and cigar making throughout this whole country. I mean, at one time there were, you know, 10,000 cigar factories across America, and there's only one left in Ybor City. And Florida was the second largest grower of cigar tobacco after Connecticut. And so they're still growing Connecticut shade tobacco and Connecticut broadleaf, but I tell you, the farmers up there are struggling. They really are. But we took a different approach to it. When we would go up to Washington, D.C., and talk about the effects of things like uh, FDA regulation and how it affected Americans and American jobs, they would always ask, you know, how many farms are growing tobacco in Florida? or in the, in the United States for cigars. And we said, well, only in Connecticut. They'd ask, how many factories are left? Well, there's only one. There's only one in Tampa, in Ybor City. You know, Eric and Bobby spent so much time and effort. They want to keep that tradition alive. And I'm like, well, you know, we should do something and bring that little bit of a tradition of growing cigar tobacco back in Florida. I'm a cigar connoisseur. I know I'd appreciate being able to smoke a cigar of Florida cigar, you know, Cuban seed Florida tobacco. We know it'd be different. It's the same way like when you grow grapes in California or whether it's grown in France or, or Italy. You know, they're all going to take on their own little nuance. And so uh, that's why we started this project. In 2013, we grew our first crop. It was a test crop, and uh, it worked. Now, obviously, we had a ton to learn about how to do this because anybody that used to grow cigar tobacco in Florida has, has pretty much passed on, and so there was nobody to really lean on. So we had to figure it out, but we, we got a lot of technical help from you know folks that still do this in Connecticut and Nicaragua and Honduras and Dominican Republic, and actually from, from Cuba, which was where most of our technical knowledge actually fit in well because our, our climate's very similar to Cuba and our, our conditions that we've got to cure our tobacco are the same as Cuba. So it's worked out. We've been doing it for a while now. Again, 2013 and now it's 2017. So God blessed us with great weather this year, and it's our best crop we've ever had. But it'll be, you know, it takes a year or so before the tobacco is, uh, goes through the process of curing and fermentation and makes its way into cigars. Did you have any farm experience prior to purchasing the Florida Sun Grown Farm? Fortunately, uh, my junior high and high school had Future Farmers of America, and it still had agriculture classes. So it was a passion of mine when I was a young teenager. And also, when I was 13, I started working on a citrus grove. Orlando, in or or Orlando's in Orange County. It was called Orange County because there used to be a lot of orange groves. And so I grew up, you know, I worked three or four years for a lady that had a citrus grove. So I grew up um, doing some agriculture work, and I always had an, a, a passion for it. But i got to tell you, it's hard to make ends meet doing anything in agriculture. You know, as I got older and was able to take this project on more of not for a you know, a business type of trying to make ends meet or make a profit, but being able to do it for, for the right reasons, which is to bring it back. You know, so I applied that knowledge and did a lot of studying. And, and I tell you what, you can study all you want, learn all you want, but uh, sweat equity is the most important factor. What are the things that you've learned? I know, let's, before we even get into that, let's talk about, we'll tour the farm. And I should say that we are standing not far from the two curing barns, uh, two straight ahead of us, a 
there's two plots where you're growing the Florida sun-grown Corojo wrapper, or Corojo tobacco. Yes. There's one big area here, and then behind us, probably 300 yards away, there's another area. We're actually leaning against a uh, what you'd see at a farmer's market, a farmer's market cart loaded with watermelons. <laughs> yeah. You grow watermelons here. Yeah, we, we do the, the, the watermelons we grow mostly for the people that work on the farm. And then also we take them to the cigar stores and give it away to the customers. We have something called Watermelon Wednesdays. But, you know, it's uh, I, I got to tell you, the other thing that, that about growing cigar tobacco in Florida, it's perhaps the hardest conditions to work in. When you're growing it up in Connecticut, Connecticut's not as hot as it here is in Florida. When you're growing in Nicaragua and Honduras, you're at 1,200 feet above sea level, and they grow it in their wintertime, so it's cooler. Um, here, it's smoldering. It's, it'll be 96 degrees, 98 degrees in the sun. It's hot, it's humid, and that sun just beats down on you. So, you know, we grow these watermelons. The guys take a lunch break. They have a cold watermelon. It gives you some energy where you can do some more work for the afternoon shift. And very healthy, I can tell you. And it's very refreshing this time of year. Now, just over to our left, there is a pond. You told me there's an alligator in there that uh, we I see there's some ducks on the mend. Yeah, we have... You know, this is Florida, so wherever you find a body of water in Florida, there's going to be alligators. So we've had an alligator at this farm since day one. Unfortunately, one of those ducks that you see, my kids had uh, brought those home as little ducklings from, uh, from the store, and we raised them up. But uh, unfortunately, one of those ducks got eaten as a lunch treat by one of these alligators. So, yeah, it's... Part of the cycle of life that we wish we didn't have to witness, but it happens. Well, we saw one of the gators early this morning, and all I kept thinking is that is going to make a beautiful set of shoes and a great <laughs> belt and maybe even a nice briefcase. Yeah, I'd <laughs> I have the first alligator case that actually came from the tobacco farm. That's exactly right. And then when we look behind us, you have two curing barns where the after the tobacco is harvested, you actually thread it. Uh, the top, you, you separate the leaves, you thread it, and then you hang it, let the chlorophyll dissipate, and it turns into a nice brown leaf that eventually we become rolled in as a cigar. And you've got two of those barns. Uh, the first one you built, what, five years ago? Yes. Yeah, so what happened is in 2013 when we first started, the first tobacco barn we built, we designed it the same way they would build a barn in Nicaragua or up in Connecticut where it has these doors that ventilate out. But, again, we, we're not in Nicaragua and we're not in Connecticut. So those barn doors that we ventilate, we never had to use. In Florida, it's totally different. Instead of trying to get the moisture out, we have to try and keep the humidity in the curing barn because it's 95, 96 degrees during the day, and that actually dries out the tobacco. So the, that barn, the original barn, is actually where we keep all the tractors and equipment. We have one larger curing barn that uh, is set up more for curing here in Florida where it's, uh, there is no ventilation at the bottom, and we actually keep it humidified so that the tobacco doesn't dry too quickly. Now, the one thing you mentioned about the machines, that people, you know, God bless all the farmers that grew Connecticut shade tobacco up there because they, they helped us out. But uh, most of those guys are going out of business, so they have these machines that are from the 1950s that are used to sow the tobacco. So we bought a, several of those machines, loaded them up on a truck, and brought them down. So we, uh, when you grow Cuban seed tobacco, you have to harvest it the way they do Connecticut shade, where you have to do the primings, leaf by leaf, from the bottom of the plant. You come back through another week, you take two or three leaves off again, and you follow that process for five or six weeks. When they grow broadleaf in Connecticut, they just chop the whole stalk and hang it up, but broadleaf matures all at once, whereas Cuban seed does not mature all at once. You have to, it's sort of like a Christmas tree, the way it grows. So you have to do it leaf by leaf and work your way up the plant. So those leaves, each one, is individually sown on the machines that are 
they're from 1950, but we've, you know, we still use them. They're made by, in Switzerland, so they're made like a Swiss watch. But um, that's, that's the process that we use. Sewing, them, sew, sewing the leaves one by one, hanging up in the curing barn, and about 60 days later we'll be finished with the curing, and we can pack that tobacco and export it out for, uh, to make, uh, go through the fermentation and, and the sorting and then make cigars. And a second barn, which was built when? We built that in 2014. That was after we did, we did our first test crop in 13, figured out the changes we had. We learned a lot in that first year. It was crazy. We made our, made our, our changes and, and, you know, made things that work in Florida, and it's been very, very successful. And just past the two barns, there is another tobacco field loaded with Florida sun-grown Corojo tobacco, but it's a little bit different because uh, let's talk about the two differences, why you have two parcels. One irrigates a little differently than the other. Yeah. What's interesting is that I, I will give a props to the, to the Florida Department of Agriculture. We work closely, especially during our early years, with the Florida Department of Agriculture for technical advice and soil sampling and tissue sampling and all that good stuff. One of the fields has a darker, more organic soil to it. Um, another one has more sandy soil to it. Well, the one that has more organic material holds more moisture. So in some years, that field is going to perform the best, especially if we have a drought. But if we have too much rain, that field will perform the worst because tobacco does not like to have wet roots. And then some years where it's real sandy, that will be the best. If it's real rainy, the sandy side is going to have the best tobacco. If it's real dry, the one with the more organic material does. So it sort of gives you a little bit of diversification and kind of spread your risk depending on what kind of weather patterns you have. And also what you didn't notice is that the rows go two different directions. One goes east-west and one goes north-south. I just noticed that. So there's a reason for that too. When a thunderstorm comes through, if the storm is you know, whipping the winds from the east, it'll knock the plants over. At least I have another field where they didn't get knocked over. We're on the farm of the Florida sun-grown tobacco uh Farm here in Claremont, Florida, central part of central uh, central part of the Sunshine State of Florida. We will continue our conversation with Jeff Borshowitz, the proprietor, the man behind the Florida sun-grown tobacco product. As we continue, the uh, Command Center Alpha has moved forward. The theater of operations now on the farm, and I'm a city boy, so this is definitely a unique <laughs> experience for me. But it has been fascinating. We'll continue our conversation, getting into specifics about growing the FSG tobacco right around the corner. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. 
five bucks and a comfortable chair genius meet the perfect cigar to share with friends brick house by jc newman handmade in nicaragua with a fine havana subido wrapper brick house starts out earthy and crisp and burns well rounded and smooth nothing stands the test of a good time like a brick house for more visit brickhousecigars.com one of the highlights of the year is when i'm able to take the cigar dave show on the road And I'm pleased to announce that the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in the Buffalo, New York Theater of Operations will occur Saturday, August 12th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. We had a fantastic event last year. Off the charts, going to be bigger and better. We will have an alpha male feast. We will have incredible samplings of gourmet coffee from Goodrich Roasters in Buffalo. We'll also have Hamburg Brewing featuring five of their different craft brews. We'll have incredible spirits that we'll be sampling. You will get magnificent cigars, six magnificent Gurkha cigars, five new brands being launched. It is going to be a great day. Tickets will go on sale beginning early June. Mark it down for now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water presented by Gurkha Cigars Saturday, August 12th, Buffalo Riverworks, Buffalo, New York. The general front and center on the grounds of the Florida Sun-Grown Tobacco Farm, Claremont, Florida, central part of the Sunshine State, along with Jeff Borshowitz, the man behind this incredible farm and this incredible endeavor. Jeff, let's talk about the process of growing tobacco, specifically the Florida Sun-Grown Tobacco. First of all, where did you get the seeds? You have to start with seeds. Where did you get your original yeah. batch of seeds? So I want to give a, a huge thank you to Eduardo Fernandez. Eduardo's a friend of mine. He owns Aganorsa uh, Tobacco in Nicaragua. Uh, the, it's also the own Casa Fernandez. They make Casa Fernandez cigars and a whole slew of other brands like Illusion and Warp and things like that. So I, I used to go to Nicaragua for, and for 15 years. I'd be there all the time. And Eduardo and I, would, we would just... And we love going out to the farm. Anything to have to do with agriculture, whether it's the tobacco or cows or whatever. So uh, I had told Eduardo, I said, listen, I want to do this on a small scale, you know, just 10 acres of tobacco. And uh, he's like, here, I, you, here's the seeds. I'll give you the two varieties we have. The seeds come straight from Cuba. They're Corojo 99 and Criollo 98. We planted both the first year. Both of them did the same. They performed great. But it's on a small farm, it's difficult to grow two varieties of tobacco, so we stuck with Corojo 99. It actually produces less tobacco per plant. However, I love the flavor of authentic Corojo tobacco. And there's very few people that grow Corojo because it's a smaller, again, when the leaf is small, it means your pounds per acre is less than if you're growing a big leaf like a Habana 2000. That leaf is much larger, so so if you know... Uh, cost per acre and cost per pound, it's, it's better yielding using those other seeds. But I love Corojo. It's uh, It's got a unique flavor that's as Cuban as it gets. Now, during the tour, we had a chance to video the entire tour going from, starting really from the fields into the barns, every aspect. And we will edit that and post that in the next uh, couple of weeks at CigarDave.com as well as YouTube. One of the things that I found fascinating is the the seeds themselves are almost microscopic i mean if you if you literally uh when you take those out of the bag put them in your palm and if you breathe the wrong way 
they're scattered all over the place. Yeah, they're about the size of a, of a fine sawdust. So they're so small, they're, they're very hard to work with. So we actually send our seeds out to California where they get pelletized. So they, they, be, they, they roll them in a drum that has like a clay substance on it. So it increases the size of the seed by about 10 times. So with that, we can, we can handle those seeds and plant them one by one into the seed trays that we use. This whole process actually starts in January. It starts when we put the seeds in the trays to germinate those seeds and get them growing in the greenhouse. At the same time, while that's being done, we're going to start prepping our fields. Um, if anybody's ever been to Ocala, Florida, that's where all the prized thoroughbred racehorses are. A lot of the Kentucky Derby winners come out of there. So there's a lot of stables there, and there's a horse manure removal company. So we actually fertilize our fields in January, bring two giant semi-truckloads of, of fermented uh, horse manure, incorporate that into the soil. It helps add some organic material to it. So that starts in January, prepping the fields while we actually sow the seeds. Come March, all the rows are done. Now, before that, you put them in those little trays. Yeah, well, the seeds the seeds have to go into the trays, and they have to grow into the greenhouses. Now, that's a 60-day process. And we've got pictures that we are posting as we speak, so you will see the 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 small little seedlings, you will see the trays, and then we'll show you pictures of the actual full-grown tobacco. But it starts, literally, you've got to put one seed, and if you put more than one, you, there are several... Uh, areas that had two seeds, you can't put those in the field because they'll get too small. They'll yeah, grow too small. Yeah, you'll have doubles. So, so whenever, now sometimes if you ever seen how they do it in Nicaragua or in the Dominican Republic, they'll actually go through those seed trays and, and, and sort of take them out and replant them with like a toothpick. But for us, anything that's double, we just take them out and we don't plant them because that plant will never achieve the size that we need as, as if it's a single stock plant. So, so you have to call through those. And then when we plant them in the ground, again, it's one by one. We do that in March. And, and the reason the planting season for us starts in the March is it has to be where, where there's no longer a threat of frost because the frost it will, will kill the tobacco. So March um, is when we plant it. But then you also have to be careful because March, April, May is when cold fronts come through. And, you know, that's, that's when you get the bad weather patterns through. But tobacco, we grow it in the spring because that's when it's dry. Florida, after July, it starts raining a lot, and tobacco does not like too much water. It drinks a lot of water, but it has to have its roots have to stay, have to be able to dry out. If it sits in any water, if you have, if you have water standing in this field more than 24 hours, everything dies. Now, you use drip irrigation. Yes. One of the things, we're, we're the only tobacco farm I know of in the world that's using the drip irrigation with what's called plastic mulch on top. It's, uh, it's, it's high-tech, but it's also pretty expensive but it keeps all of the moisture and all the liquid fertilizer right on the plant it's better for the environment it keeps any any of that stuff from you know running off but not only is it better for the environment it's just better business too because when we tobacco our uh, fertilizer is expensive and we want to keep it on the plant not in the not in the lake so there's two benefits to it but uh, it adds a lot of labor but at the end it's it's what makes the plants you know perform uh, it, you can see it. That's how you get big plants and big leaves. The general spending a day on the farm as I am coming to you along with Jeff Borshowitz from the Florida Sun Grown Tobacco Farm in Central Florida. We will continue our conversation with Jeff around the corner. 
The 2017 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th at Buffalo Riverworks. It's a day full of alpha male pleasure, including five premium Gurkha cigars, luscious cocktails, craft beers from Hamburg Brewery, coffee from Goodrich Coffee, and a buffet fit for the alpha male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. On the Florida Sun-Grown Tobacco Farm in Central Florida with Jeff Borshowitz. Jeff, after the plant takes two months, about uh, eight weeks to grow to yeah. full height. And it, the full height is probably about, what, three feet, three and a half feet? Well, there's a process that goes between it. When it what happens is after about 60 days, the plant produces a flower. And the whole, per, the whole life cycle of a tobacco plant is to produce a flower so you can get seeds so it will reproduce itself. That's how the circle of life works with the plant. Well, what happens when that flower comes up, we actually go through and break that off. So that stops the vertical growth of the plant. So we have to do that by hand. So 55,000 times you're going to snap off the top of that plant. 55,000 times? We plant 55,000 plants. Wow. So everything we do by hand is 55,000 times. So we'll go through and we'll top all the plants. And as soon as you do that, we have to apply something called sucker side, which keeps the plant from trying to grow another flower and grow these, these, it basically wants to turn into a bush because what you've done is you've stopped the vertical growth and it wants to, you know, try and get another flower out. So by doing that, if it's successful, you'll have one stalk and you'll have about 14 leaves and it'll look just like the typical tobacco plant when you see a picture, but you'll have 14 larger leaves. If you left it grow wild, it kind of turns into a bush and the leaves get about half of the size. Now, when we see the plants that we're looking at right now, and we're now already relatively late in the season. Yeah, we're in the last, we are in the last two weeks of our harvest, so it comes on quickly. It's a six to eight week period. 
once we start harvesting, it's it's you got to get you got to work fast. Now, most of these plants, I'm looking. There's probably about six eight leaves, maybe more, on these plants. There is right now, but but again, we go through it every week. We'll take off two to three leaves per plant, and uh, in two more weeks, this will pretty much be done. And there's a certain size that you like. Corojo doesn't grow overly large, but you like to have a size that at least goes from the tip of your hand to your elbow. Yeah. And now listen, in the background, we got a tractor driving by just to let you know we are really on the farm here. We're bringing in a It's authentic. Yeah, this is authentic. And by so. the way, I should say that there are five chickens feeding off one of your watermelons here. <laughs> so I, I can tell you that I'm surrounded by Mother Nature here. Again, being a city boy, not used to seeing chickens like about 20 feet from me. Yeah, but this is a beautiful site. The tractor has about... 20 bins of tobacco on it right now, so uh, they're bringing that into the barn where it's just been harvested and it'll get hung up on the, uh, on the machines. Your question was about time how, when we finish up. So when you take off the, the last primings, um, you know, it's over. It's, eight, it's an eight-week period. It takes one week between primings. So every time when you come through and you take off those two to three leaves, you have to be able to get through the entire farm. From wherever you started on Monday, it needs to be finished by Saturday, so that on Monday you can start back where you left off, because that's the way the plant matures and the way the leaves mature. So it's you have to be able to keep up with it, and that's one of the challenges. It takes a lot of people. There's a lot of people out here working. How many leaves do you get per plant on average on the Florida sun-grown tobacco? Yeah, for us, we get about 12 leaves on average per plant. So, so you get roughly about 600,000 leaves yeah, at the end of the season. Well, that's more like 500,000. The reason why we're really picky about what we put in the barn because again, our labor is so expensive that like in Nicaragua, if you had a leaf that was so-so, they're gonna go ahead and harvest it and hang it because they'll use it on something. But for us, it, it's just as expensive to hang a perfect leaf as it is a half perfect leaf. So if there's any question on the tobacco, we instruct the guys, don't pick it because it's, I don't wanna pay all the money putting tobacco that's only half, half okay on the barn. So uh, everything we hang up, we want it to look perfect, and uh, the size, you know, we keep tobacco about 15 inches long, is when it's about the 15 to 17 inches is all that Corojo tobacco gets, you know, whereas broadleaf is like 30, 36 inches long, they get huge. So it is a, it's, it's, it's very expensive because there's a lot of labor involved in picking every one of those leaves, but at the end, it's special. Listen, there's only one Corojo tobacco, and there's only one Florida sun grow. Well, after touring and seeing the amount of labor and investment capital, I know that the cost per pound is what, about 45 a pound? It costs us $40 a pound to grow, which is four times, the you know, same tobacco in the grow cost you 10 but it, it's not going to taste the same. Yeah, and you're not selling that for 80 or or $100 a pound? No, no, there's no way. The object of the farm is to keep it sustainable. Just keep it sustainable so that what we grow, the costs are covered. People can work here every year. The people that you see on the farm today, a lot of these guys that were with me from 2013. And I got to really, you know, hats off to the guys because we, we had to share the vision of what this was, of what we were trying to do. We had guys out here working that they didn't know exactly, you know, they didn't know much about cigars, but we got them, in, we got them where they're smoking cigars, understanding what a wrapper leaf is, different than filler and binder, and, and what it is we're trying to do, and the difference in quality, and what cigars are all about. These guys get it, and it makes a huge difference. When your guys are working on the farm, and they understand what it is we're trying to do, that's the only way it works. Because otherwise, you know, they take pride in what they do. And if you don't have pride in what you're doing, you're going to have the, you know, the results will show. And we're, uh, we, you know, very thankful that they understand 
this whole process, and it's working. It's working. The tobacco's coming out beautiful. The cigars are beautiful. People are loving the cigars, and I thank everybody that, that's been smoking Florida Sungrown cigars and supporting this because uh, it's, you know, it's it's not easy to do this in America, and um, but people appreciate it. After the tobacco is then harvested and it goes into the barn, let's explain that process. So when the tobacco goes into the barn and gets sewn on the machines, it gets hung up in, on, on a string where there's 48 leaves per string. And that process in itself takes about eight weeks to go through the curing process. One of the unique things about curing tobacco in Florida, um, when you're curing tobacco up in Connecticut, it's in the fall, so it's a little cool out, so they actually have to run heaters to, uh, to keep some of that moisture out. When they're curing tobacco in Nicaragua and in Honduras, it's in January and February, which it's, they call it winter, but it really doesn't get cold, but it gets cool at night. And remember, they're at 1,200 feet above sea level, so they also have to burn sometimes charcoal fires to keep the moisture out. We're the exact opposite. We, we have to keep that humidity in because we're doing it, our tobacco's curing in June and July, which are the hottest months. Anybody have been in Florida and Orlando in June and July? It's really hot. So uh, our tobacco actually starts to sweat and ferment in the barn, which is a very unique phenomenon, which I never knew what it would do that. Um, but uh, we've had some help from Hirochi Robinius come here twice from Cuba, and uh, he explained that that's exactly what happens in Cuba because uh, they're also at 105 feet above sea level, and it's also uh, hotter where they, when they cure their tobacco there as well. So that was one of those things that worked out. We were fortunate to, for that to happen, that our, our tobacco actually goes through a sweat and goes through a fermentation just in the curing barn. So, you know, sometimes things work in your favor. While going through the curing barn, the aroma, first of all, even in the fields, Jeff, the aroma is incredible. It's almost a honey-sweet type of aroma, and I really was shocked to experience that while the tobacco was growing in the field. But then when we went into the curing barn, between the freshly harvested tobacco and the tobacco that has already been uh, started the fermentation and the drying process, it's like walking into the J.C. Newman factory. There's a yeah. very unique aroma that you cannot replicate anywhere, but it's almost a honey-like sweet without any ammonia, which is really what shocked me, because I've been in many curing barns, and the aroma of the ammonia will knock you over. I didn't smell any of that. No, and that's, and that's one of the beauty. I wish we had smell-o-vision so people could, could capture that. But what, what's interesting is I can be somewhere, I can be at one of the stores, or, or somebody will light up a, a cigar that has, has FSG tobacco in it, and it's like instantly I can recognize it because the, the aroma is extremely unique. But also, to me, as soon as I smell it, it takes me right back to the curing barn. That's the smell that you smell in that barn is what you get from the tobacco when it's in the cigars. So, you know, thank goodness it has that unique, um, you know, let's call it strong, uh, noticeable, indistinctive aroma to it. So, so again, that's one of those things that worked out, and we're, we're happy, and that's what we wanted. We needed something that's unique, and that makes a difference. When If it didn't make a difference putting it in the cigar, why do this? The general spending a day on the farm as I am coming to you along with Jeff Borshowitz from the Florida Sungrown Tobacco Farm in Central Florida. We will continue our conversation with Jeff around the corner.
The June selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Quesada sampler, including the Fonseca Nicaragua. This is the first Fonseca cigar made in Nicaragua. It's crafted with tobaccos from Ometepe, Jalapa, and Esteli to capture the full complexity of Nicaraguan tobacco. The Cigar Dave Officers Club Quesada sampler is coming to your mailbox this month. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! <laughs> Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. The brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. With Jeff Borchowitz on the Florida Sun Grown Farm in Central Florida, Claremont, Florida, midway between, well, it's, a, it's about an hour and a half uh, east of Tampa and about 45 minutes to an hour west of Orlando. And when we say that we are in farm country in Florida, many people think of Tampa, Orlando, Miami, the big cities. They don't realize the importance of agriculture to the state of Florida. Adam Putnam, I know, the agricultural co uh, commissioner running for governor, but agriculture is a huge part of the economy in Florida. Tourism, I think if I'm not mistaken, Tourism may be one, but I think agriculture may be a very close second, if not neck and neck. So one of the things about agriculture in Florida is that there's a saying about farmers here is that the most profitable crop to plant in Florida is houses. And, um, you know, 
most farmers, they're in it for passion because it's tough. I'm telling you, I don't care whether you're growing watermelons or what. It's tough to make ends meet when you're competing against, you know, growing produce in Mexico or whatever. So a lot of guys, it's, it, it's, truly, a, it's truly a lifestyle of passion. But, you know, it's hard work. It's hard work, and, and so I appreciate what, what, what people do on that. And Florida has had such a long history of being a, an agrarian economy, but, you know, things change. And, and while things change, it's important, though, that our younger generation realize that, you know, the food we eat, like you ask a young kid, you know, where, where, does, a, where does an apple come from? They're going to tell you Publix. And it's like, no, that had to go on the farm. Somebody had to grow that, somebody had to pick it, somebody had to harvest it. There's a lot to this. And it's, and it's good that people are seeing, you know, we have to make sure our younger generation understands what it takes to, uh, to basically feed this nation. And, and uh, again, it's, just, it's a tough business, but, but people do it for the right reasons. With Jeff Borshowitz, the proprietor of Corona Cigars, the Davidoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa, and the Florida Sun Grown Tobacco Farm, Claremont, Florida, where we are originating from uh, this hour. Jeff, after the tobacco has been harvested, takes about two months for it to dry and cure. You then box it up. Where does it go from there? Well, we export the tobacco to two different countries. We send it to Nicaragua or we send it to the Dominican Republic, depending on which factory it's going to. We work with uh, the Davidoff factory in Nicaragua and Drew Estate. I'm sorry, Davidoff factory in Dominican Republic and then Drew Estate in Nicaragua and J.C. Newman in Nicaragua. So when they get the tobacco, and, and one more, the uh, Aganorsa in, in Nicaragua, so when the tobacco arrives there, they're going to go through the sorting, the destemming, the fermentation, and make cigars uh, in those countries. With the exception of one, J.C. Newman re-imports the tobacco into the United States, and they're hand-rolling cigars in their factory in Ybor City using wrapper from our farm. And these tobacco, the FSG tobacco, will normally sit and uh, ferment and age for, what, two years, sometimes longer? Yeah, most of the times it's, it's anywhere between a year to two years of fermentation. But the process of getting the cigars back, you know, have, by the time they're fermented and the cigars are rolled and they're aged, it's a, it's a minimum two- to three-year process. Now let's talk about some of these cigars that currently use the Florida Sun Grown, the FSG tobacco. And let's start off with the FSG by Drew Estate. That was the very first cigar to, to uh, come to market using Florida Sun Grown Tobacco. Jonathan, uh, Drew, and Marvin Samuel were like brothers to me. And when they saw what we were doing in 2013, they, were, they just they loved it. So they were like, listen, send all the tobacco to us. So we sent it to Drew Estate, and they, it took a while. And we got the uh, FSG cigar launched last year. And it's been a huge success. Hopefully that cigar will be available to retailers throughout the whole country because we want, we want FSG to be a sustainable product that people can enjoy. You know, it, it's, it was never meant to be just something you can only get at Corona Cigar. So uh, hopefully this year there will be some select retailers that we'll be able to share that with and uh, you'll be able, you know, people will be able to buy it at their local cigar shop. You can get a Command Center Alpha in my private lounge. You gave me one of the first boxes uh, ever imported. Yeah, the, and it turned out beautiful. They really, you know, Willie Herrera worked with the guys and it the uh, the factory in, in uh, Nicaragua, and they combined it using a lot of the, basically it's 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 in the same flavor profile and a lot of tobaccos that are used like in Liga Privada, uh, but with Florida Sun Grown in it, and uh, it's got a Brazilian wrapper on on the round version. The box press version uses a Connecticut broadleaf. So there's two different blends of the cigar. They've you know I, I love them. I smoke the FSG Robustos nonstop. I it's just I love that cigar. And before going to the next cigar, I should say that. We actually have some farm rolled, almost looks like little uh, 
trying to remember uh, backwood smokes, if you remember those. And I lit one and smoked it and was amazing. Again, only two months of, uh, of really curing. No bite, no bitterness, no harshness, no ammonia taste. A lot of flavor, but incredibly smooth. Yeah, so what happened is when we did the uh, Florida Barn Smoker last year, we had a cigar roller here. Because when we do the Barn Smoker, we give the people experience of, of, from seed to ash what it takes to make the cigar. So we have a cigar roller here, and he was rolling what's called Tabaquitos. He takes one full leaf of Florida sun-grown tobacco and then takes a, a second leaf and is used as a binder and makes makes what's called a Tabaquito. So it's 100% tobacco that's cured straight out of the barn. It hasn't gone through any fermentation, and it gives you the real, this is what the flavor fro- profile of Florida sun-grown tobacco is. Well, the incredible thing is everybody kept coming back saying, man, I love that. Can I buy more? Can, how can I get more of those things? So we started making the tabaquitos, a straight-up Florida sun-grown tobacco, and uh, people are buying them. They love them. So it really gives you the taste yeah. of the FSG tobacco. And then we have the Davidoff Corona 20th Anniversary FSG cigar. Tell us about that. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for Davidoff. It's a global company. It's you know, a luxury brand, and um, they're very meticulous about the tobaccos they use. Tom Reiner, when he was here in uh, 2015, he visited the farm while he had tobacco in the ground. He's like, man, I love this. So let's get some, uh, let's get some FSG tobacco going. And so we sent it to the Dominican Republic. And uh, a couple years later, we got the FSG Corona version, which celebrated our 20th anniversary. That cigar we released last year uh, has FSG in the blend. And the tobacco profiles of that cigar is pretty much like what you use in a Davidoff Special R or a Davidoff Anniversary but with Florida sun-grown tobacco in the filler. And then also for your 20th anniversary of Corona Cigar, you've got the Corona Nicaraguan 20th anniversary FSG made by Casa Fernandez. So that was pretty cool because that tobacco went back to Agonorsa. Casa Fernandez is where Eduardo Fernandez is, and he, you know, again, he provided the seeds. So the tobacco that's used in our Corona 20th anniversary in our Intensa FSG uses tobacco that has the same parents, so the same parental seed, that's grown in Florida and in Nicaragua. So it's a very unique, uh, I just think it's cool that you get the same seed variety grown in two separate countries blended together in one cigar. And the cigar that I enjoyed during the litation ceremony in the first hour and enjoying right now, the Davidoff Exclusive Tampa FSG. Beautiful looking cigar, a beautiful Habano wrapper, and uses the FSG filler within the blend. Yeah, so what happened with uh, Davidoff, we have the, the store in uh, Tampa. We have the, the, the big Davidoff store there, and we have exclusives that are just made for that store. So we wanted to have a version of uh, a Davidoff exclusive for Tampa, and it uses FSG. And what I asked uh, Davidoff to do was for Eladio to blend using the darker tobaccos that he uses, like in Davidoff Nicaragua and Davidoff Yamasa. So it, it sort of is in that portfolio of flavors with the Florida sun-grown tobacco in it. And it just, man, that cigar is incredible. Tommy D gave me one last week, the first box that came in, and exceptional. A lot of flavor, but not overpowering. Yeah, I'm so happy with the way that turned out. It's, uh, it's, it's might be my, my, uh, my new favorite, too. So anyway, it's hard to, it's like having children. Who's your favorite son? So, uh, but, but that cigar is just incredible, and I'm, I'm so happy the way it turned out. And, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe the, that brand can, uh, become something for uh, other retailers as well. And then lastly, the new J.C. Newman fourth generation cigar company, they're calling it the American, going to be made, there are two rollers right now, at the J.C. Newman factory in the Cigar City of Tampa rolling these. 
and uh, 100% American tobacco. Yeah, I love the concept behind this because the J.C. Newman factory, the original brand that was made in that factory in 1898 was called the American. And there, uh, Drew Newman has a picture of the factory where, where the flag that's over the clock tower says the American. And uh, the concept behind this was bringing not only the handmade cigars back into the Tampa factory, but making with 100% American-grown tobaccos. So it has wrappers. The only cigar has wrapper from our farm. And then it has a Connecticut broadleaf binder, Pennsylvania uh, filler, and then Connecticut to Havana seed filler, too. So 100% American-made, 100% American-grown tobaccos. Jeff, I have to thank you for the incredible day I spent with you. Great tour, very educational. And we will have a video that we will post uh, showing this tour. Just fascinating. And you really develop a great appreciation. I know that all our alphas and uh, cigar lieutenants, they will now have a much better, a greater appreciation after they've heard and they will soon see exactly what goes into growing the cigar tobacco, specifically the Florida sun-grown tobacco. So I just want to thank everybody again for the, that smokes FSG cigars, cigars that have FSG tobacco in it. Um, you know, that we had a vision of, of, you know, doing something, bringing it back in America. And, uh, and, and again, we, we really appreciate the support that we've had. It's been, been fantastic. And uh, if you get a chance, each spring we do the, the Florida Barn Smoker with Drew Estate, and it's a heck of an event. So if you get a chance, make a trip down here and join us and get to see us uh, firsthand. Just a thoroughly great time had by Jeff and I as we talked about the Florida sun-grown farm, smoked great cigars, and we're just surrounded by the beauty, the nature of what, uh, where cigars really originate from, that little tobacco seedling. Hope you enjoyed our time with Jeff. Don't forget the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest, Saturday, August 12th, presented by Gurkha Cigars. Tickets now available to the public. Go to CigarDave.com. Guarantee you will have a great time. All the info details are there. Cigar Dave, the general say, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha male. Make America great again. Don't forget Tuesday, 73rd anniversary of D-Day. Listen to our anniversary shows at CigarDave.com.